0: At
1: LuckyLandslots.com.
0: Available to players in the U.S. Excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void book prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
1: What a Saturday it was. College football. Week 5 in the books. Folks. It appears to be more wide open than ever before. I always say don't buy into the preseason hype. And who's preseason ranked? There's no such thing as the number one team. Or number two team. Or number five team. Or number, team or number ten team doesn't exist. It's only after you start to see these teams that you get a feel for who's good, who's not good, who's got a chance, who doesn't. And then it's about a race to see who's going to get better as the season goes along. So as we go inside the film room, inside the Landry Football Lab, and react to all the games that have taken place over the weekend this Saturday, We're going to break it down. How things look. What did the film room uncover? Remember, we hadn't broken down the film yet. We've reacted by watching some of the games live, making some notes. We're going to get a deep dive into the film room, but we're going to get some initial views right here on today's Landry Football Podcast. Wrapping up week five in college football. You can get the Landry Football Podcast, the one you're listening to right now. Make sure that you subscribe, like, and share for free, the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That way you don't miss any of our football content. Want to get our previews of all the NFL games? You can check out – go, again, by subscribing, you can get that. Now, you can also go to LandryFootball.com and get the best information on football. Analysis, film room analysis uh, from a coaching, scouting, front office perspective, we got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com take advantage of our football season sale today that we've got going LandryFootball.com, as well as again, the Landry football podcast network. So we jump around a little bit. There's a lot of things to get to. Um, let's start maybe, and we'll kind of maybe go through the teams that are considered the top, but I will say this, there's no real true number one team. Georgia has won 22 consecutive games. Um, They've won back-to-back titles. It, it, it's fine if you want to play along and you know rank them. It doesn't mean that Georgia is the best team in the country at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of the year. The end of the year is the end of the year. You will earn that based upon your play. Right now, Georgia is finding ways to win. They are built with a big toolbox that can do a lot of things. Well, they're, they're stout defensively They They can run it. They, they can throw it, but they're look, they're younger in a lot of areas and people look at style points. Can't look at style points. They beat Auburn. Is it a sign because they weren't all that impressive against a bad Auburn team that struggled against a that Georgia's is not that good. Well, as it relates to last to Saturday's game, perhaps. But it has nothing to do with what Georgia is going to be at the end of the year. Not necessarily. Because it's going to depend on how much better Georgia gets. How much more comfortable are they with the passing game? Carson Beck drove them down and got them in the end zone. That's a positive sign. Georgia doesn't have to be as good as Georgia last year or Georgia two years ago. They need to be the best team in the country this year. I don't think they are right now, but they're not handing out trophies right now. And let's see how they grow and develop. Um, I think they match up well against Kentucky. See, Auburn, here's the thing that I think people don't get. And I don't mean to be rude or dismissive, but this is the thing that fans and media don't understand that we try to bring to you. They look at comparative teams and scores, and they don't understand that styles make fights. Auburn did a really good job of causing a lot of eye eye violations to Georgia's defense. The RPO, the zone read stuff that's going to cause some assignment issues for Georgia, it gave them more trouble and gives them more trouble. More so than probably Kentucky's downhill run game will. So, but the narrative is, oh, my goodness, you know, Georgia struggled against South Carolina for a half, and they struggled to beat beat Auburn, and, you know, Kentucky just blew out Florida, and yada, yada, yada. And oh, look out, Kentucky, don't buy it. We'll break that game game down for you. Don't buy into the hype in the overreactive part. There's a path for Kentucky to win. But it's not as simple as, well, let's just take the comparative scores. None of that matters because it's all about styles and how people match up. Georgia's got a ways to go. But they're in the mix, and they're winning. And because they're winning, um, they can live for another day. Unlike some other teams that um, have played their way out of it. Now, Texas. Got two double-digit top twenty-five wins, which again, what does that mean? Again, I tell you, well, top twenty-five, what's top twenty? Doesn't really matter. They beat a good Alabama team. Um, I thought they beat a good Kansas team. Yes, Kansas quarterback went out, but they've been the most consistently good. And we're going to see what they do against Oklahoma, another team that's playing well struggled a little bit early in their own right. Everybody, nobody's perfect. Everybody's looking for that dominant team that's blowing everybody up before. 40. It's not going to happen. It won't happen in today's age. And it's not going to happen with anybody. And so when you start to look at it, when I do, I can make cases while this team and that team and the other team are not national championship caliber. But then when you all get said and done, you say, um, they will have a playoff somebody's got to win it and nobody's good enough to win it right now. It's more about who's going to be good enough to win it at the end. Texas is playing pretty good defense, playing pretty good offense. Um, I tell you one team that does not look like they can compete for a title and that's USC. Folks, I've said it a million times. I'm not going to go on a diatribe again. When you – are built strictly around your offensive productivity, your offensive style. When you're a head coach who's really nothing more than an offensive coordinator, and that's what you espouse to be, your defense will never be championship level. And USC's defense certainly is not now. They gave up a lot of points after having a big lead against Colorado. You can say they let up and all that, Their defense has holes in the age where everybody focuses on the offense and offense, extremely important. Offense is in today's world with the rules advantages, you've got to have a good offense. You can't stop people. You can't win championships. USC is not that type of team. Notre Dame responds with a tough win at Duke, but I think the Irish is offensive. Limitations As it relates to national championship caliber, they're still good. But how good? Don't know. Um, to me, I don't know who the best team is. Um, I think there's some teams that are good. I think that you can throw some teams in the mix. I think Texas is in the mix. I, I want to see how Penn State does against Ohio State and Michigan. I, I don't think until Penn State can prove they can win those games, I certainly can't put them there. Florida State had an idle game uh, – excuse me, no game, an idle week. Um, I need to see more out of them. I do think that Oregon and Washington are the two best teams in the Pac-12. I think Michigan's pretty good. I think there are a lot of pretty good teams. Which ones become really good? Um, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, It's okay if you choose to, if that's the way you look at it, to look at style points. It's not an accurate way to look at it, but people, that's what people do. To me, what matters is finding a way to win and then getting better as the year goes along. And so to me, they're doing the first part. Let's see how much better they get. I think he can say that about a lot of teams, including Georgia. Um, start slow. First of all, Georgia is not going to blow people up. Georgia's not this explosive offensive style that's going to beat people by 40. When they beat pe- – that's why people laugh. All well, the point spread. Was, if you follow football and know anything about college football, Georgia doesn't beat people by, by 17, 21 points. They beat people by 10 points, by 13 points but it feels like they've just beat them and controlled the game the entire way. They haven't controlled the game the entire way against South Carolina. half they didn't, and second half they did. They had to come back and beat Auburn. Look, there's a positive in that the offense gained confidence that they could come against a pretty decent Auburn defense, come back, win the game, and put it away. Now, the danger is they could have lost that game. And then with their schedule and everything, as weak as it is, it's survive in advance but getting better. They will be determined how good they are by how much better they get by year's end. Um It's not that long ago that Kentucky lost 32 consecutive games against Florida. It ended in 2018. Mark Stoops is a perfect example of a program where there's not great expectations at Kentucky. So most places where, where he started and was trying to build a Kentucky program for, well, first of all, he came close to getting fired and Mitch Barnhart said, no, and we're not doing it. Um, and they, can diffuse football situations there because they're more concerned about what's going to happen come basketball season at Kentucky. But the reality is most people would not have had the patience or the programs would not have had the patience for that to allow it for him to develop the way he needed to develop. Now he's got a program in which it just rocks out at most every year. And a little bit of a downturn last year and, you know, people must understand that at Kentucky, you're not going to win the SEC East. You're not going to win the SEC title in football. But you can be consistently good. And they dominated Florida. Uh, it's a testament they've won three in a row and four of the last six in this game, in this series against Florida. Now, that has as much to say about what Florida is not as well as what Kentucky is. Ray Davis, the Vanderbilt transfer, was. Incredible. In 2021, Kentucky averaged its most points per game, 32 since 2007. Then Liam Coleman went back to the Rams for a season. Then they slid back to 20.4. Cohen returned, and they're back up 37 points a game. I don't think they can. They will beat Georgia. I think they can. It will depend on Georgia. But the styles don't think, hey, Kentucky – better than South Carolina, Kentucky, better than Auburn. You know, Auburn came close to beating Georgia. Therefore, Kentucky will beat Georgia. Don't do that math. It, it doesn't add up. It's not how it works. It's a different style. We'll see how that game plays out. Um, Duke spent most of the second half of it showdown with Notre Dame, running the ball down Notre Dame's throat and stuffing guys behind the line of scrimmage. Leading 14 13 with 51 seconds left. It was fourth and one, fourth, excuse me, fourth and 16, stopped from securing the program's biggest win. Um, Alco is going to regret this, but he set back, rushed three, dropped eight. Sam Hartman took off running for the first down. Audra Gastein ran for a 30 yard touchdown on the next play. They won 21 14. Riley Leonard uh, ended with an ankle injury. It was a rough finish. Duke had the game on its racket right there. What a awful last couple of plays, last couple of minutes for Duke. They went from winning and, in my mind, being better from a football standpoint, in their modern-day history anyway, um, even more so than when Steve Spurry won the ACC title at Duke, back when it was only eight teams in it. It was the worst possible inning for Duke. Marcus Freeman needed that win. Um, Notre Dame, believe it or not, is halfway through their season. They played that early week. They have turned it around. They have to visit a surprise 5-0 um, Louisville team before hosting USC. Um, Think Notre Dame's offense is still limited. Um, The Ole Miss LSU game. The storyline there. Is not the offenses is how bad the defenses were. Cue the comments I made about USC and Lincoln Riley and and, and put them in this category with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, and certainly put it in the same category with this year's iteration of the LSU team. Um, Ole Miss had 711 yards of offense. LSU couldn't tackle, couldn't stop it. And this is one of the reasons why I say the expectations, oh, well, LSU's got two good quarterbacks, and they won the West last year. They're going to win it. They're the team – Folks, a lot of preseason hype. They don't have a good, they don't have a secondary that can match up against good offenses. They don't tackle well. They're very much an overrated team. And and now people are starting to see it. Um they miss so many tackles, it'll make you head spin. I haven't broken down the tape, but charting it live, it was high double digits. You know, it's – it's you know, I stopped in the high teens is what I meant to say. Um, Zero sacks. And um, his – they're out of it. I mean, we just flipped the calendar to October 1st. And LSU, officially out of any sort of playoff race, and quite frankly, not good enough to run the table to make a difference anyway. So the issue is twofold for both of these programs. No, you shouldn't start to think that Ole Miss has found something. Ole Miss can't play defense. <clears throat> Ole Miss is not going anywhere. Ole Miss will go to a nice bowl game, and that's what Lane can do for you. But he's not going to. They're not. He's not going to revolutionize and become a factor in the West this year or any other year they don't have that type of program and lane doesn't have the type of defense because he is all about how his offense looks it'll never be elite now brian kelly i think knows how to fix this i think knows that this defense and lsu's tradition of good defense he'll fix this now how he's going to fix it it's got to come with personnel there's no excuse and it's a second year, there is some of the taking over a bad roster from Ed Orgeron effect here. But next year, there there's no excuses in the modern era. Not just recruiting, but transfer portal. You better get guys that can play in the secondary, all three levels of the defense, and you'd be able to have, you, you better have an offense that can score points. No excuses. You're getting into third year. I mean, they're in no position to begin to consider your four or five writing off Brian Kelly. But I got to tell you, he is going to start to feel some heat that he never felt at Notre Dame because they are not going to be happy. They are not happy now. And there are a lot of people that want his head on a stick right now. They got a long way to go. The difference is LSU can fix it. Ole Miss is going to be limited with their coaches and with the program's resources. Um, Alabama, like well-coached teams do, are getting better. Kaylin Millroll is getting more comfortable. It's not about 40-17. Mississippi State's not good. It's just – but Alabama playing with more confidence. The defense looked really good. Well, let me remind you. Uh, LSU dominated Mississippi State. Mississippi State's not good. Mississippi State looks like the worst team in the West. And it's probably not close. So that's not important. What's important from Alabama's standpoint is that they begin to understand that they're starting to figure some things out. They're starting to play with more confidence, which is important. The offensive line starting to get a little bit better, but it's not about the results. It's about Assignment, effort, execution, technique. That's what they're doing, regardless of the opponent. They're doing those things better. The result, like the margin of victory, is going to be dictated by the the opponent. But those other factors will not. Um, None of Alabama's top four tacklers Saturday were on the field for the Tide last year. Sophomore linebacker, Giad Campbell. The freshman safety, Caleb Downs. The two transfers, defensive back, Jalen Key, and linebacker, uh, Trez Marshall. They are figuring things out how to utilize guys. Um, it's going to be interesting next week. They've got a 4 and one AM team that was – um, impressively dominant on defense in its 34-22 win at Arkansas, holding K.J. Jefferson to 129 total yards, sacking him seven times. So that AM defense that couldn't do anything against Miami has figured some things out. We knew they had talent, starting to play a little bit better, starting to coach a little bit better. The Tide and the Aggies meet next week in College Station. Um, remember, Jimbo pulled off that upset 41-30, eight, two years ago, by the way, things are getting uncomfortable at Arkansas with Sam Pittman. Nice guy, Sam Pittman. Arkansas is intriguing because historically under Frank Brawls are great. And, you know, got a lot of things that, um, going for it. Tyson chicken money, Jerry Jones money, the, uh, What's the trucker's name that's it, it's got a lot of money? They, but the program never recruits at an elite level. It's a developmental program. They play a very difficult schedule. And right now they're underachieving on offense. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be some pressure by next year if Sam continues to be mediocre or below. That whether he's the long term answer. Just not real comfortable there. Um, Oklahoma and Texas, last Red River showdown as Big 12 members next week will be um, the first since 2011 with both teams being undefeated. Third ranked Texas, they 40 to 14 beat down to Kansas. Um, people will say, oh, they, they, they let Kansas Hillary, they dominated Kansas, okay? It's give me a break. Okay. Um, sophomore running back Jonathan Brooks went off two touchdowns, third consecutive 100 yard game. Freshman CJ Baxter ran well. Now, the Sooners did a nice job of pulling away from Iowa State, um, 50 to, uh, to 20, their third 50 plus outing in five games. So, um, these are the two best teams in the Big 12 by a long shot. This is the first of two meetings this year that they're going to play. And how these two matchups determine or uh, play out will determine who ends up in the national playoffs because I think both are capable. Boy, Dave Aranda, averted disaster. Um, a 29 unanswered points. But, man, this is really, really bad. Um, don't know if you – Got a chance to watch it late. But in the battle of the two most physical line of scrimmage teams in the Pac-12, Utah and Oregon State. Oregon needs to be thrown in that group, too. Oregon State was able to get it done. Utah needs Cam rising back in a big way. Hey, uh, kudos to all the coaches that are in trouble. But how about Neil Brown, who entered the season on the hottest seat, maybe in the country, 4-1, and 2-0 and oh, the Big 12. Won their fourth consecutive game. Beat TCU. Um, I think, you know, because they really can't afford, don't want to buy him out. I I think Neil Brown um, has taken himself strictly off the hot seat. Who is on the hot seat and should be is Dana Hargelson of Houston. That team at Houston looks out coached, in over its head from a coaching standpoint. And have lost both of its first two Big 12 games by three touchdowns. That Houston program, if they're going to get serious, they've got a lot of facilities they need to really look at that coaching situation. And Tillman Fertitas was buddy-buddy with Dana Horgerson, um, the big Houston booster. They've got to fix that. How about Illinois? Ryan Walter, new Purdue coach, just, trucking Brett Bielema's team. Brett's team will never be anything more than what they are. If they can get the right personnel and have the right people coming back, the defense can be pretty good, but Ryan took care of the defense for Illinois when they had their success. They're not the same. Um, In his first year, beating Brett Bielema, tough, 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 tough loss for Illinois. Group of five teams, excited about what I'm seeing with air force excited about what I'm seeing with Fresno state. Um, let's see where things go forward. Um,
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group void report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. A um,
1: couple of idle teams. You know, Florida State and, and Ohio State were idle this week. We'll leave that alone for now. Um, Michigan did a nice job against Nebraska this week. Got the pieces of a really good team. Still wonder about. Whether they're explosive enough against a really explosive offense to match points. But without an elite team, which we've discussed in the early part of this podcast, they're going to be in the mix nationally. And certainly about their ability to handle Ohio State again will be studied and discussed as we get towards the end of the season. Um, Oregon might be, as I look and study it, the, the best team in the Pac 12, the most well rounded team. Um, again, need to see them get back in the action. We've talked about Texas, talk about Notre Dame, Penn state was a little clunky against the Northwestern, but it's an early start in Evanston. Penn state. It's been pretty good. They're five and oh, remember they were 10 and two last year. Let's see what they do. Excited to see what they do against Michigan and Ohio state. um, you can't measure yourself against Iowa and Northwestern. So they're going to have to get back to firing on all cylinders uh, by October 21st when they head to Columbus. Um, we talked a little bit about Kentucky. And I think they're they're really solid in, in their own way. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm trying to think if I left anything out. Uh, Clemson methodically took care of Syracuse. It's always been an issue. Tulane comes back against UAB. That's just such a well-coached team. UAB is, Trent Dilfer is in over his head, big time. Um, you know, he's irrational, emotional, out of control on the sidelines. Tulane, Willie Fritz, just completely outcoached and outschooled him in that game, as most people do. Uh, Maryland. Yeah, I know they haven't beaten anybody good, but.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Maryland is taking care of business against who they're asked to play. Fourth best team in the big Ten. I know there's not a fourth best team. Maryland is that though. How close are they to say Penn state, Ohio state, Michigan? I'm not sure yet. I don't think they're all that good. Missouri outlast Vandy. Um, Tennessee gets revenge against South Carolina. South Carolina, as I've said before, South Carolina is inconsistent. They're not – again, people buy into the hype of little Shane Beamer, little Beamer, and what he can do with this or that. It's um, They're a little bit of a hype machine. I, th- I thought Tennessee would take care of business at home. They did. I don't think either one of those teams are all that good. Look, in terms of the SEC – I don't think – I think there's only one team that has the components to win a national championship, and that's Georgia. And I've said that Georgia doesn't look like that type of team now, but that's the only one that can. Alabama is not going to be good enough in the passing game against the elite teams. They're going to win – you know, they're going to go 11-1. and And maybe they can beat Georgia maybe not we'll address that later in the sec championship game but you're not going to beat the best teams in the country like that they're they'll be better so i i don't i think there's the sec still has a lot of good but i don't think they have a national championship team outside of Georgia at this point um We'll see how Alabama develops, whether I feel differently about them towards the year's end, but that's not how I see them now. Whereas, you know, I could see Oregon making it to the playoffs. Um, maybe Washington, you know, but I don't know that Washington's defense is, is good enough. I think Texas and Oklahoma, in other words, by comparison, I think Oregon's better than Georgia or better than anybody in the SEC. I think Texas and Oklahoma are better than anybody in the SEC this year. I think uh, Michigan uh, and Ohio State might be better than anybody in the SEC right now. Um, I think Florida State, on their best day, is probably better than than Georgia or, or you know or, or Alabama. But I want to see Florida State consistently take care of business and not stub their toe. It's still early, but we're through five weeks. We know a lot more than we did a few weeks ago, and it's going to be a fun ride, and I want you to keep it here on the Landry Football Podcast Network. You can do so by subscribing, liking, and sharing the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a reminder to get the detailed breakdowns of the game of football, college football, NFL, at LandryFootball.com. See the game from a coaching, scouting, front office perspective. Understand the game like you haven't before. Understand the whys. LandryFootball.com is where you can get all of that. Uh, from a playing, coaching, scouting, front office perspective, that's what uh, you need to do. and That's where you need to be. LandryFootball.com. Um, if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. If it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes, we got it covered for you. LandryFootball.com. Always great to be with you. Uh, we'll be breaking down the NFL for you, so make sure that you keep it up uh, right here in the Landry Football Podcast Network and at LandryFootball.com.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office